It's about that time, it's about that time, but it ain't last year And I guess I'll try, I guess I'll try, so I'll leave this mess here Welcome back to another episode of the Odd or God Pod, where we talk about spirituality, sobriety, and everything in between. Before we get started today, I do want to give you guys a reminder. We are brought to you by Plugged In Recovery. If you or somebody you love is looking for sober living, visit www.azsober.com. Also, there is a brand new meeting hall opening in the Chandler area. We have a fundraiser coming up August 26th. That's this Saturday. And all the proceeds are going to go to the uh, meeting hall, getting chairs and, and whatnot for that. It's a poker night, casino night, $30 buy-in, unlimited rebuys for the first three rounds, 50-50 raffle. Um, we are going to have a photo booth set up, all sorts of different stuff. So uh, if you want some more information, just look on the screen right here. It's going to be there. So thank you guys so much. Let's get rolling into the episode. Um, today very special episode. Um, we hear it so much and I actually ask every single guest about it. Meditation, right? And what does that look like for the individual? Because as we continue to learn about meditation and, and grow in our own journeys, we start understanding more and more that there's unlimited ways to get connected to that present moment of time. And there's so many different avenues that you can go to uh, practice meditation, right? And so this episode, we're going to have a couple of guests as well as myself just talk about uh, what that looked like for the individuals um, and, and all of that good stuff. So we have Lauren and Nat joining us today. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Hi, uh, I'm Lauren. I'm an addict. I don't feel like I'm in a meeting right now. <laughs> um, so my sobriety date is November 4th of 2022. Um, so almost 10 months clean and sober. Very blessed for that. Woo. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I uh, go to um, H&I's at Crossroads here in Arizona. Um, I also am a home group member of Common Solutions, which is a women's meeting. Um, and I am a home group member of Gutter Monks, is, which is a meditation meeting as well, which is where I met this lovely individual. And I've known her for a little bit. So <laughs> with that, I will pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey y'all, uh, my name is Nat. I am also an addict and an alcoholic. Uh, my sobriety date is January 1st, 2022. Um, there's, a, there's a whole story behind why my sobriety date is on New Year's, um, but my friends joke, like that's one way to do a New Year's resolution. So I've stuck with it. Um, really, really love being clean and sober. It's changed my life. Um, I, I actively talk to my sponsor. I sponsor women. I have home groups. I have service commitments. Um, I'm on one of the boards of one of our meeting halls here in Arizona. Uh, and very, very excited to talk about meditation today because it's quite literally changed my life. Love that. What, a, what an intro. We are going to follow up on the New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, I need to that. That, that is going to be a talking point. Don't let us forget that. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about meditation, but um, I think we're going to smudge the room. Is that we correct? Guys, if you're watching us on YouTube, Lauren is about to smudge our room. And also, what, what's this wood? Palo Santo. Palo Santo. Palo Santo, the yes. room. So we can really just get a nice meditative environment. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the <laughs> channel. Give us a like. <laughs> drop a comment. Watching is way better than listening, but we appreciate you listening as well. 
So what I'm doing right now is just, I typically stage before I use Palo Santo, but both of them have very similar effects. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and cleanse the room here real quick. I typically do this uh, before I chair any of um, my meditation meetings at Gutter Monks, which is the movie that I was just mentioning. Um, but it really does kind of sense, sense like, <laughs> I'm like fumbling on my words. Um, Scents are a very powerful form to connect with, right? So opening up that portal kind of lets you get deeper into yourself. Um, do we have like an ashtray? I don't like burn things down. Carlos, do we have anything to put it on? Here, grab that bookend right there. So, that should work perfectly. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Thank you. I glitched out. Great. <laughs> um, right. And then I'm going to go ahead and light this Santo here. It's a very small room, so we're just going to smudge just a bit, just kind of cleanse, cleanse the energy here. And from my understanding, too, of Palo Santo, like Sage really cleanses the energy, and Palo Santo really enhances the positive energy. Yes. Really? So, yes. Wow. Yes. Guys, we are cleansing the room just to add positivity to it. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> Quick little cleanse before we begin. Like Carlos, we, we should consider getting incense or something. That, dude, the smell yeah. alone just puts me in a more potty vibe. Yeah. Yeah. That's so what awesome. I was saying, you know, scents kind of like ground you a little bit because right. when you're lost in your thoughts, like either bilateral tapping um, or just a sense of smell or like a sound, like the crickets that come into our meeting hall sometimes while we meditate. Love the crickets. Love the crickets. And the squeaky um, fan. Oh, this, I'm about to fight. The squeaky fan for sure. But, I'm a fan um, of the fan. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Um, that actually added a whole nother element to this that we weren't expecting. So that is great. Now we're just going to go ahead and kind of get rolling into things. And what I want to kind of touch on first is, and we'll start with Nat because I want to hear the New Year's Day story. And then also <laughs> what we'll do is um, just kind of share from each individual aspect how meditation like has helped you in your not only your sobriety but also just kind of in life uh what we kind of focus on here is that like recovery in itself is almost like an entryway to a more fulfilling life but you could only get so sober right mm -hmm. like and after a while and some time away from drugs and alcohol we still have to continuously do work to like live more fulfilling lives and be more whole people um, and so I'm just curious to see what that looks like for each one of you, and I think we'll start with yeah. that. Yeah, so the, the New Year's Day story, so no, you're good, I'll, I'll get into that. Um, so I, uh, in 2021, I was very deep in active addiction, uh, and there was apparently some part of me that, that wanted to fight, and I found a therapist in August of 2021, uh, began seeing her, I was more honest with her, than I've ever been with anyone in my whole life. I was very honest about my drug use, about my alcohol use. Uh, and she essentially, the short form of the story is towards the end of 2021, she threatened to fire me as a client if I didn't get my shit together essentially. Um, and so, and I, I, I've been in therapy most of my life for context. So like I found this therapist and we connected and I didn't want to lose that and I know Again, there was, there was a part of me that wanted to fight for me. 
Um, and so she gave me till the end of 2021 <laughs> to, to check myself into rehab essentially. Um, so towards the end of 2021, like over Christmas, I went on a final nine day bender <laughs> and checked myself into rehab New Year's Eve 2021, hence my sobriety date of January 1st, 2022. <laughs> So that's the short, short story there. I love that. I literally love that. And you are so right. That is a New Year's resolution if I've ever heard one. Yeah. And, and you stuck with it. So that's I awesome. So. I did. Yeah. But man, as far as meditation, so meditation, it's something that like I, just to share a little bit more about my story, my first addictions growing up um, was in the form were process addictions and um, and an eating disorder and self harm and so I went to treatment at a very young age starting for for those um, for those things and that's where I was first introduced to meditation and I absolutely hated it like hundred <laughs> percent hated it and I feel like that's a very common thing especially when people are in treatment and in rehab like we can't sit still with our thoughts like there's there's no way. <laughs> Uh, and that was very, that was very true for me. Like I could not sit still. I could not be with myself. It was, it was absolutely impossible. Um, and so when I was in rehab in 2022, again, reintroduced to meditation, um, and yoga. So I, I found my first like real acceptance of meditation was through yoga. Um, just cause there's definitely a lot of like mind body connection in yoga. Um, but my current meditation practice really got started. One of the very first meetings that I went to at the, the Pigeon Coop, which is a local uh, meeting hall here in Arizona, uh, was Gutter Monks, which is a meditation meeting. Uh, it was the first meeting that I went to there. It's, it's now also one of my home groups. And uh, I thought that the person chairing it was joking <laughs> when she said that we were going to sit there for 20 minutes in silence. Like I literally, I think I may have actually audibly like laughed. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, <laughs> like, are you serious? And we sit on these wooden boxes. Like what, like, what is happening? Like, what is this? Um, and there was only three of us at the meeting that night. It was a very small meeting. It was, but it was, so I, I think at this point I was maybe 45 ish days sober. Um, and I went and I did it and I sat in silence for 20 minutes. And that is probably the longest time that I've ever sat in silence with myself. And it was miserable. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, oh, I had like the most enlightening experience. Like it was not that, mm -hmm. uh, it was miserable, but I kept going back because something, something happened. Like I, I realized like there's something to this. Um, and then especially working with my sponsor and getting through the steps. Meditation is a big part of the program. Uh, and I really, I, I don't really know exactly what changed, but almost 300 days ago now, I decided that every morning I was going to meditate. And I have for almost 300 days consecutively meditated every morning. And it has been like, I, I can't understate how life-changing it's been. Um, you know, some days my meditations are five minutes, some days are 20 minutes, some days I meditate multiple times in a day. It really just depends on the day. But I meditate every day and I get my day started like that. And my anxiety levels have, have like obviously decreased. Like it is so evident to me how much easier I'm able to cope with life. Uh, it's as far as what meditation does for me, it, it, I have this incredible connection with my higher power which is a whole other thing. Cause I, 
did not have a higher power coming into these rooms. Like I grew up super religious. I was against God coming into these rooms. The word God physically made me cringe. Um, I could not call my higher power God. Uh, I, I call my higher power healer, still something I use today, but the word God doesn't make me cringe anymore. Um, and so that, that connection and more than anything, what's so incredible to me about meditation for so many of us addicts, like part of our addiction is just not being able to be with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's so much of the underlying thing, whether it's from trauma, like whatever it is, there's something that makes us run away from ourselves and meditation allows us to sit with ourselves. And it's so beautiful. Like I still, I'm still like amazed sometimes when I can sit there and meditate and be fully engaged with my body and fully accepting of who I am and where I am. And it's just, it's beautiful. So, so I talked for a while, there, but, but meditation, that's kind of the gist of, of what meditation means to me. Love that. Thank you so much. Awesome. And, and guys, just a quick antidote or ant, what's the word? Antidote? An 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 I don't know. I think it has a C. I think it's the one with the C. Yeah. Um, anyways, just a quick little story to add to that. Anecdote. Anecdote. It's anecdote. Okay. I literally, I was like sitting there and I was like, did not want to go on until I could figure out what I was trying to say. I didn't sit through AP English for nothing. Yes, so. I love that. Um, yes. Yeah, so. We're hotboxing this room. Yeah. We can put it out. I don't know how. You can just use this. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you so much for that, by the way. It really does set the vibe. But guys, so um, the meeting that they're talking about, actually, I started attending this meeting uh, about three months ago. Uh, prior to that, meditation was not a part of my life at all. And, and I distinctly remember like Nat sharing that she had like meditated that like 260 days in a row um, at some point. And I had just thought to myself like 260 days in a row, like, being sober is an accomplishment, but like practicing the discipline of meditation is like a whole nother thing. And like, that's really what sparked the interest in me of like seeing, well, what would, what would it look like in my life if I started meditating every day and like truly like practicing it and making it a, a part of my routine. And since then, I think, what, what am I at? Like, I think it's about like 72, 73 days um, in a row, but yeah. it's, uh, yeah, like that kind of like keeping track of that is almost like more exciting to me than keeping track of like my day sober. Um, Cause it, it is an accomplishment, but thank it's, you so much. Yeah, can I, sorry, I thought of one more thing. I, I just wanna, you had mentioned like how, you know, we can, we can only get so sober, right? And we're talking about ways that we can actually live a fulfilling life. For me, part of what I wanted out of getting sober was peace. And I feel like meditation has brought me that peace. And it's one of the promises of in the big book, you know, we will know uh, peace and or no serenity. I can't, I, my brain's not working. We'll know peace <laughs> and serenity. Uh, and that to me can, can come so easily. Uh, and so evidently for meditation. So I, I will let Lauren talk now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. Um, so I was also a huge skeptic, um, of long meditations. I was, uh, I was a little hippy dippy kind of gal, um, in my active addiction, right? You know, I was like, ah, you know, smoke weed, I'm connected <laughs> with nature, you know, like I thought I was this huge spiritual person because I was putting these mind altering substances into my body, but I could not for the life of me sit with myself. And I thought, you know, I was like, 
okay, you know, um, walked to that room. I heard that person be like, all right, 20 minute meditation. I'm like, fuck, frick you, you know, sorry, <laughs> YouTube guidelines. But, um, <laughs> uh, I was like, no, I do not want to do that. But, um, you know, one thing I have learned from meditation is how to sit in uncomfortability. Yeah. Um, because that is a huge thing in sobriety on, on a day to day basis, right? Like especially in early sobriety and hell, even in late sobriety, like things still will happen to us on a day-to-day basis. And the only thing we knew as addicts was to numb out with something, right? Mm -hmm. And now I get to walk into a room full of beautiful people and meditate as a group. Um, And that's also something I want to touch on is group meditation Mm -hmm. um, and how that really connects us all. Um, Not just addicts, you know, just anyone, if you have friends that you want to connect with on a deeper level or just kind of connect with God, um, group meditation is huge for me because you can feel the energies of everybody else in the room and they all come together, whether it's like someone, you know, in the back who just re- got back off a relapse and is finally back in the rooms and just doesn't want to be seen. You can feel that energy, but it's also a healing energy. You can hear it. You can feel all the different types of walks of life that walk into the room. And I think that's a really good representation of what CAAA all of the A's is as a whole is every walk of life will come into these rooms. You know, I hear people have come from privilege. I hear people come from the streets. I, and you know, I, I empathize with everyone's story and I think meditation is a great tool, whether you're sober or not, but it has truly taught me how to be at peace with myself every single day, because that is a battle. I have a war going on in my head 24 seven. Um, and I feel like that is kind of diminished, you know, mental illness is also a topic that, you know, isn't talked about quite as much in sobriety because, you know, we're trying to tackle one problem at a time, you know, go to a therapist is what they'll tell you. But, um, I think meditation all around has changed my life, changed my outlook on sobriety and changed my outlook on God. Because when I start my 20 minute meditations, when I go into it with a long one, Um, I usually like to start off with like a five minute prayer, um, and just show, show, um, gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah, of course. I say it every time I leave. Um, I like to show gratitude. Um, and I like to show gratitude towards the end of my meditations. Um, especially when I lead, um, to whatever is positive in your life right now, or even negative, because you know, like desperation is a blessing. We all had to reach that point of desperation that got us to where we're at right now. And for me, that's in a much better place than where I was. I I think one more thing that that brought up for me talking about meditation is how inclusive it is. Mm -hmm. Like you can be anyone at any walk of life and benefit from meditation. Like meditation is not just for the privilege. It's not just for monks. It's Mm -hmm. not just for Buddhists, you know, literally anyone can benefit from meditation. I think that's one of the beautiful things about it too, uh, especially group meditation and like gutter monks, like this meeting, it's, it's just a bunch of alcoholics and addicts sitting in silence together for 20 minutes. Like it's one of the most beautiful things I think I've, I've experienced, but yeah. Thank you guys so much. And and for all of our listeners, I promise you, we are not sponsored by this meeting. (laughs) So like, it just just take it as a testimony to how impactful that this meeting has been for each one of us um, here today. Uh, That's really what brought all three of us together anyways. And um, both of these uh, 
um, individuals have helped me out a lot with just really incorporating into my life and like what that looks like. But there, I think Lauren, you brought up a couple of good talking points that I kind of want to just get rolling on here. And one is the, and that you just touched on it, the inclusivity of meditation, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's not just a practice for people trying to live sober lifestyles. Mm -hmm. It's a practice for people who are trying to get grounded in their present, in the present moment in time. And like, gain control of like some sort of control of their life. Right. Um, and I think that's so important. And the second thing that you brought up was that mental health aspect of things, because mm -hmm. when we are in recovery, a lot of the time we were focusing on that singleness of purpose of trying to recover from alcoholism or addiction. But there are so many people in, in the recovery community that are struggling with anxiety, struggling with uh, bipolar or like there's just so many like neurodivergent people that are in the rooms as well and for all of and I, I you know I think each one of us also like has our own experience with things um, and like for me meditation helps in that aspect of my life as well um, tremendously and you know being a addict and being in recovery there are certain substances and certain medications that i should veer away from mm -hmm. that treat these mental illnesses that i have and so being able to take more of a holistic approach through meditation has been so I crucial for me um, and i've been able to get off some medications that i was on for years um and, and it's just been a beautiful ride for me but yeah. i mean i don't know if you guys have anything you'd want to add to that oh or... man i i love every time i share any aspect of my story i I always talk about mental health because mm -hmm. it's not something that's talked about enough. Uh, and it is such a crucial part of my story and my journey. And I know it is for, for so many other people and I'm going to be real vulnerable here and just, um, and I'm pretty open about my mental illnesses, but like I, I have borderline personality disorder. I have bipolar, I have ADHD, I have PTSD. Like I was telling Lauren, I, I joke a lot, like my list of mental health diagnoses is almost as long as my list of character defects. Like they're both really long lists. Um, but my, my meditation practice, like I have experienced so much stability in my life. Like over these last, you know, almost 300 days, like it's just so noticeable my interpersonal relationships which is a big thing that borderline personality affects and um my just my ability i kind of mentioned it earlier to be able to come back to baseline and like be aware and recognize my triggers uh and it is and i love that you said you know like you've been able to get off of some medication like that's it's so this it's so powerful and there's a reason that people have been doing it for ever <laughs> like people have been meditating forever and there's a reason um and it's just it's a it's a beautiful thing it's a powerful thing it's medicinal in and of itself um and i just i love that that we're talking about that aspect of it as well yeah absolutely i love that um i ooh. Oh, uh. oh, okay. No, that's great. Sorry. She, <laughs> no, she kind of took my that's brain. So, that's totally fine. That, that, that's so good. That's so good. And um, and I know a lot of like our viewers and stuff, they know a little bit about like my backstory as well. But I actually like earlier this year, I was uh, diagnosed with like late diagnosed autism. And like just working through that and like really understanding that for so many 
years of my life I was just diagnosed as ADHD and then all these other like symptoms of like when I get overwhelmed or I'm overstimulated we're just chalked up to like anxiety and so for years um, from early adulthood up until earlier this year um, I've been just trying to treat symptoms but didn't know the the actual root cause of things and mm -hmm. now having that diagnosis and, and understanding more and more about myself and working with a therapist specifically with people who get diagnosed after 21 years of age and have like had like all these masking issues and all yeah. these things yeah. that like I had my whole life and just understanding more about myself like meditation has been such a huge part of it because you know, in those times where I start getting overstimulated or I'm overwhelmed or I feel uh, I start feeling that like irritation or agitation coming up from certain situations, I'm able to just um, focus on my breathing, right? And just try to, you know, point things out in that certain situation to ground myself in that present moment and become aware of it. Um, but the meditation has been a huge part of that yeah, as well. Yeah. So. And I love that you brought up, I, w I was telling some folks, I was at a work event before this, and I was telling some folks that I was doing this podcast and it was about meditation and they're like, what? Like you meditate? And, um, and I was like, yeah. And they're like, and so we talked about it a little bit and I, a lot of people don't understand that meditation can be as simple as just sitting there and breathing mm -hmm. like just recognizing that you're breathing you don't have to get cross-legged you don't have to stone you know like it doesn't have to be anything complicated like it's literally just focusing on your breathing and i think that's one of the things that makes it so accessible mm -hmm. is that it's just so simple and i think you know sometimes in our our culture and society like it's just it's looked at as like a hippie thing right mm -hmm. or like something you do when you're tripping or like whatever you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like this tree is so yeah. like, and it's it just it's not that it yeah. doesn't have to be that everyone can you know you can meditate everyone has their own way of meditating and again just it being accessible and inclusive that's one of the beautiful things about it and and i just wanted to say since we were talking about mental health and stuff i think it's important for anyone uh, watching or listening, like one of the things I'm really passionate about is ending the stigma around just mm -hmm. mental health in general. And so again, I love that we're talking about it and just know like whatever your diagnosis or lack of diagnosis or however you're feeling, like you're not alone and mm -hmm. you're not crazy. Like yes. we've all, I'm sure, felt crazy. <laughs> right. at I think times it's a human being feeling. Absolutely, it's just a like feel feeling. absolutely insane, and just know that you're not alone in that. Absolutely. And like there, there's just there's beautiful ways. Your your life doesn't have to be about that identity either. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. our our mental illnesses, our even our, our recovery, it doesn't have to define us. It can be like for me, it's it's a huge part of who I am and who I'm becoming, but it's not my identity. And your mental illness doesn't have to be your identity. I right. agree, yeah. I also kind of want to match the energy with the vulnerability that you guys both have shown. Um, you know, I, I am also diagnosed bipolar. Um, I have ADHD, PTSD, CPTSD, you know, the list goes on. Um, but, you know, it really has taught me how to not only find peace within myself, but to find peace with others. Mm -hmm. um, and like you were touching on, you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, like cross-legged, it doesn't have to, you don't have to light incense. You know, I was literally at a freaking pole dancing class the other day and I felt so calm and I was just breathing and like dancing and like feeling, you know, all the feelings in the room. And I mm -hmm. felt like I was in a meditative state. Yeah. So, you know, if you feel like you're doing it wrong, 
remember it's it's a practice it's called a practice for a reason i always iterate this before my leads of meditations but you know go, show yourself grace if you feel like you can only do a three-minute meditation push yourself to do five um and you know sitting still for a long amount of time is no addict is good at that no person <laughs> is good at that you know i I, unless you're made of stone or Edward Cullen, I don't fucking know, but, um, <laughs> uh, either way, it really has helped me grow outside of myself and help fill that, that God-sized hole that I felt like I could never repair. And with touching on mental illness and meditation, you know, um, it has quieted my brain quite a bit, you know, um, and I don't know what to say, but it's gone now. And that's ADHD right there for you folks. Uh. <laughs> I love that you talked about um, like being able to relay that to the people that you're surrounding yourself with as well. Because I feel like so much of meditation is about self-compassion. And when we're able to give ourselves that compassion, we're able to be compassionate with others. Like it's a ripple effect. I, I truly believe like because of how comfortable and confident and compassionate I'm able to be with myself I'm able to be that with other people mm -hmm. and so I love that you brought that up. yeah yeah meditation also has um, helped me gain a lot of humility and mm -hmm. the word humility has a lot of negative connotation behind it right um, but it really it's just humbling um, and you know I know we're on the topic of meditation and spirituality and mental health and all of that but I was thinking about it earlier today and I was like, I think every human being should go through the 12 steps. Yeah. Because it's, yes. a, it's, it's I said those exact human... words yesterday. Shut literally. up. I'm not joking. <laughs> I was on a date and I literally <laughs> said those exact words. I love that for you. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so funny. Because it, it truly, it's not only helps me realize who I've harmed and, and brought acknowledgement to that, but it's more so I'm like, it's made me a better human being overall, you know, yeah. writing, like hearing my uh, character defects and going through the steps. I'm on my amends right now. Yay. This is my first time around in sobriety. So, you know, I feel like, you know, I hear all these old timers speak in meetings a lot of the time, not to draw a negative connotation to that. But like, I think a lot of so-called newcomers have a lot to say that is beneficial that mm -hmm. we, you know, like we've had months or years or decades of sobriety we still need to remember what that place looks like because mm -hmm. relapse is always an option. It's always right in front of us. Mm -hmm. So having that right in front of our face, that's why they're the most important person in the room. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Love that. No, that's so good. There's like a lot of like great things that are being said right now because a good majority of our listeners and the people who are reaching out to us on TikTok and Instagram, they're have so many questions about what like, sobriety and recovery looks like no matter what 12-step program you work or if you work a different type of program in recovery they all have one commonality and that's gaining spirituality in your life right and and it's such a huge like uh, topic right where people are curious and interested on what works for who yeah. and so th there's just so many good things that are being said right now and now that kind of segues in because you said right like Medi you can like meditate anywhere because really for me personally, like I, what I think meditation truly is, is just centering yourself, grounding yourself in that present moment of time and becoming aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many times where I'm either thinking about all the things I have to do or thinking about things that I've done and I'm constantly like living in this like state of like anxiety or, or fear 
of what's going to happen. And I'm thinking about my finances. I'm thinking about all these things. Right. And sometimes I forget that I'm human and like I'm breathing in this moment. Like I'm, I'm a living, like breathing, like thing. Right. And so in those times, like I was golfing this morning, right. And it's beautiful morning. It was, uh, it was raining. I was swinging. Well, um, Sorry, <laughs> yeah, great. It, it was a rough start to the morning. Not gonna lie. Woke up late. But um, it, it was great. And there was a point when I was sitting there waiting for the, the guys ahead of me to, to uh, play. And I was just kind of looking over the sky. Um, it was overcast. There was a drizzle. And I just felt so present in that moment, like so like grounded and like not thinking about all the things that I had to do for the rest of the day. I was just simply in that moment and that it was very meditative for me. But um, what I want to talk about now is like your guys' routine. I know both of you have meditation as part of your daily routines. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just see what that looks like for each one of you as far as like when do you set aside time? How do you prefer to meditate um, and what your experience is with that? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can. Start. Oh, take um, I did. I did want to say this is what you said was so beautiful. And this is just a really funny thing it made me think of. <laughs> um, but like when you're talking about just being in the present moment and like you know the the future is in the future and the past is in the past. I heard someone say at a meeting one time, um, if you have one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're pissing on the present. <laughs> and that has stuck with me. Like it's like, oh, man, that's so accurate though. Like if we're not being present, it's like, what's the what's the point of being here mm -hmm. now? Um, so, anyways, just have to share that. But to get back to that was an anecdote. Uh, yes. My meditation routine. So I uh, I used to be that person who would wake up at the absolute latest. I would roll out of bed, get ready and go to where I needed to go. And I realized that that was, it was creating, it wasn't, it was creating a lot of anxiety for me. And um, I actually read this book called Stay Woke, Meditation for the Rest of Us by mm -hmm. Justin Michael Williams, not sponsored or anything, just a book <laughs> that I read. Um, and that book quite literally really impacted my meditation routine because he talks about um, just like things to do to prepare to meditate, um, when you should meditate, getting into that routine. And so that's what kind of inspired me besides everything else, but like to actually have a meditation routine. And so my meditation routine today uh, looks like I, I wake up, um, I have my, my, um, my journals and my books by my bed. Um, I will journal, do my daily readings, and then I will um, meditate. And honestly, sometimes that looks different depending on the day. Um, occasionally, like if my brain is just being really insane, which happens, uh, I'll do a guided meditation. Um, so like Insight Timer, again, not sponsored, <laughs> just the app that I use. Uh, for check, my gosh. <laughs> um, Insight Timer is, is what I use. And so sometimes I'll do guided meditations, much rare, much more rare these days that I do a guided meditation. Usually I just do a silent meditation. Um, when I first started meditating, I think I literally started at three minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And that's now... Um, the, depending on the day, 15 to 20 minutes, at a minimum 15 minutes every morning. Um, and so I'll do my readings, journal, uh, and pray, and then I will meditate. And that actually looks like for me, I, I sit on my bed, I lean against the wall, I do cross my legs, 
um, and put my hands on my on my thighs or my knees. I always light incense. Um, I always have incense going. And then I will, Palo Santo, um, I will light as well before I begin to meditate. And then I will meditate. And that's what that routine looks like for me. Um, again, it like it can vary by the day. Like some days if I do wake up late, which definitely happens, like I'll only do a five minute meditation. But it's so important to me to get my day started that way now. I was joking with one of my coworkers the other day, like you don't want to see me on days when I haven't meditated. Like, I don't even know what that would look like now. Like, it's just such an intricate part of my routine and my daily practice. And it brings me so much peace. And just, I still sometimes will, you know, and some sometimes I'll feel like I really have, you know, they say in the program, prayer is asking, meditation is listening. Um, and sometimes I do feel like I will receive some messages per se from my higher power, just in the thought, in the form of like thoughts that come into my head out of nowhere, just things like that feeling sometimes. And just like, sometimes it's just a matter of feeling that peace and knowing like I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Other days I meditate. And honestly, some days it does feel like more of a check the boxing, but I know mm -hmm that it will help me for the rest of the day. And it allows me that that start of, of calmness and peace to my day. And, and again, I, I think this is the third time I've said it, but it allows me to come back to that <laughs> during yes. the day. Yeah. It allows me to come back to that baseline. Like you were saying earlier, Eric, just being able to focus on your breathing and be in the present moment and feel grounded. I feel like getting my day started in that sense allows me, so it's just so much easier to come back to that spot. Nat, Nat always says it in uh, in meetings, she's like, a, a bad sit is better than no sit. Yes. And I think that's like so important because it's like, you are, like if you decide uh, you want to make meditation a part of your daily life, you're going to experience so many times where it's like, you're just sitting there in your head, like how how much time has passed? Yeah. Like, or like sometimes I'll like look at my phone and be like, Doug, that was only three it's minutes. Yeah. Like, like, what's going on, dude? Yeah. Like, I need this 15 minutes to go by quicker. Yeah. But, um, and there's other times where you sit there and, like, it's just, it, it's, it's such a great experience. Yeah. But it, you have to, like, kind of take it in waves, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's great. I mean, Lauren? Um, so my routine, uh, typically in the mornings, I believe it's, it's great to get started off with, um, I typically do a shorter meditation in the mornings. Um, and show a bit of gratitude as well. Typically around 15, 20 minutes, um, I'll sit with myself, sit and try to connect with my higher power. Um, I like to place my palms up when I'm looking to receive, and I like to place my palms down when I'm looking to ground. So if I'm having a really rocky morning, day, moment, whatever, um, I usually place the palms down and just kind of sit with myself. Um, but yeah, my morning meditation routines are pretty quick because I don't know, I'm I'm a whole mess in the morning, let's be honest. But I usually like to wait until after I've had my coffee and I'm like, okay, you know, I can kind of like sit on my patio and enjoy myself. But my night routine my nightly meditations, um, if I'm not on gutter mugs, um, again, not sponsored, but <laughs> Um, I, I always light incense, um, and I, it's no, it's usually no shorter than 10 minutes, but, um, like you said, sometimes it is just like a check the box thing, you know, I have to keep myself accountable and routines are huge, especially like what we were touching on in mental illness with neurodivergent people, we need to be on some kind of routine. And I think that spiritual routine kind of 
brings us to our knees in a sense. Um, I feel like yeah, yes. this guys. Guys, we me. are we are gonna take a, we are gonna take a quick break. Actually, I think this is a good time. We're gonna roll into Carlos's corner, and then we're gonna put out this sage, and then we're gonna get back to the episode. So uh, we'll see you guys here in a bit. Hey guys, welcome to Carlos's corner, where we'll be uh, taking a break from the episode, and we'll be discussing a certain topic for you guys. Uh, today's topic, I chose to read the Daily Reflection and I'll give my thoughts on it and, and kind of ask you guys some questions to reflect upon. Uh, so today's topic, I chose to read the Daily Reflection. It says, when we develop still more, we discover the best possible source of emotional stability to be God himself. We found that dependence upon his perfect justice, forgiveness, and love was healthy and that it would work where nothing else would. If we really depended upon God, we couldn't very well play God to our fellows, nor would we feel the urge to wholly rely on human protection and care. And man, I know that I struggle with that a lot sometimes when my relationship with God is not stable. Uh, I tend to seek validation from other things, right? And when I seek validation from other things, I never seem to get fully fulfilled, right? And so, um, for like my mind will fall victim to the, to the delusion that I think that other things are going to make me happy. And so when I when, you know, for example, oh, I think that this job is going to make me happy or I think that this amount of money is going to make me happy or if I get a better car, car it's going to uh, I'm going to be happy. Right. And when I obtain those things, I'm not fully fulfilled because my relationship with God is not stable. Right. And so when my relationship with God is stable and I'm seeking validation and I'm getting validation from my higher power, uh, I'm OK with where I'm at and, and I'm filled with gratitude and I'm filled with peace and and, and I feel OK with myself. Right. And so I just wanted to ask you guys, uh, where are you with your relationship with God? Are you seeking validation from God or uh, where are your struggles? Where are you seeking, you know, validation elsewhere? Right. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's the topic for today. Uh, thank you guys for watching and we'll get back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a humbling experience. <laughs> For, uh, for those of you who are listening, um, we hotboxed ourselves in, in the room. The sage just kept rolling, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, and I was, like, going to say something, but they were on such a roll. I was like, as a director, I cannot. Like, I have to keep the camera rolling. I have to do it. I, like, I yeah. appreciate you. Okay. <laughs> but um, so I, I think uh, I think we all discussed. We're going to call this episode Spiritual Hotbox. <laughs> so nothing but we cleanse the shit out of this if there was any negative energy in here <laughs> there is no more yeah. <laughs> uh, i just looked into carlos's eyes and saw like the pain i thought my glasses were cloudy too yeah. like, i can't see anything in front of me like yeah <laughs> so thank you not it's I so funny it. like guys one of these days i'm just gonna like take the camera and show you but like this is a very small room that we're in and Carlos sits in the corner while we're filming he's just uh for those of you who didn't know that's our that's our producer Carlos but um yeah no we're, that was great um I, we got it aired out we have the window open so uh, <laughs> we and it's a beautiful rainy night yep, yeah. beautiful, beautiful rainy night yeah, and now we got some spiritual oxygen rolling in so that's nice <laughs> um but yeah I think we were kind of just in the middle of hearing about your routine Lauren um and like how you like to meditate so if you want to just Pick up yeah, absolutely. Or? I think I was just discussing my nightly uh, meditation routine is because I like to just kind of like, you know, I, when I wake up, I have my coffee that kind of energizes me for the day. And then I 
at night, like I wind down with like tea and then I sit on my couch, light my incense. Um, like I said, it's usually no less than 15 minutes. I had to start off small, you know, because I had to show myself some grace. I was like, oh, I'm a piece of crap because I can't like sit here and meditate for as long as this person can. And, you know, we do that as human beings, compare ourselves to completely different situations that are not attainable for, you know, one, one individual versus one individual versus the other. Um, but you know, as we touched on a couple of times, I just love the inclusivity of it all. Um, and how accessible it is, like you touched on, like you can literally do it anywhere. Um, so I find myself just like, even if I feel like a, a panic attack starting to come on, um, then I will just kind of sit with myself. No one has to know I'm meditating, you know, it's, it's not like, a, it doesn't have to be that deep, you know? So that's where I like to tell people, I'm like, just show yourself some grace if you're just getting into it because it is hard because those, those thoughts, they're not nice thoughts a lot of the time, but you know, you have to sit with that uncomfortability and maybe turn them into nice thoughts or just let them go. Like I, you know, a lot of people say, let your, uh, let those negative thoughts go like a leaf down a stream and that stream can be as big or small as you like it to be. And that leaf can be as big or small as you like it to be. So just let that go with it. Right. And, and I think something that's super important to kind of add to what Lauren was just talking about, right. Where it's like, you have like these negative thoughts and all of these things, but a big part of what meditation has helped me with a lot. And obviously I supplement um, with some different readings and, and, and different things that I incorporate in my life. But a big thing is like separating the subjective from the objective. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we designate what's negative or positive. We designate to ourselves what's good or bad, but these things are just occurrences. They're not actually inherently good or bad. They're not inherently negative or positive. It's what we perceive them to be. And so when I start meditating and, and taking time to just focus on my breath and allow these different thoughts to go through my mind, right? Instead of fixating on one single one, I, I become more and more acutely aware of that. And that's something that I take with me in my daily life, where now when I'm faced with situations that used to be um, very overwhelming for me, uh, I kind of am able to say, well, that's just your, my perception of it, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm just perceiving this to be this negative thing or, or all of these different things, but it's, it's not happening to me and it's not happening for me. Mm -hmm. It's just happening and I just happen to be involved in it, mm -hmm. right? And so remembering mm -hmm. that is a huge way for me to reduce the anxieties throughout my day as well because I can just ground myself in the objective, which is reality, not my perception of reality. Mm -hmm. um, and meditation is a, is a huge part of that for me, but. Yeah. I love, I, something I say uh, when I'm leading my meditations is just, you know, making an effort. Our, our, our brains are created to think, like we're, we're not going to not think, but it's about not attaching to those thoughts, mm -hmm. right? So like exactly what Eric was saying, it's something I always like to talk about uh, you know, like leaves floating down a stream, let them go, or like clouds in the sky, just like literally in being able to envision that thought and instead of attaching to it or, or applying some, some subjective thing to it, literally just letting it go. And it's, but that is a practice. Like mm -hmm. we're so trained, we have a thought, we attach to it immediately. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a huge, it's part of the practice of meditation. And I love the way that you, that you phrase that, Eric. I second that as well. <laughs> um, and I know as, as humans, uh, we, we tend to future trip and past trip and like, oh my God, this person probably hates me. But, 
you know, it's not about thinking about the past or the future. It's just being in that moment with yourself, with your higher power. And that is, that's a fucking super, like superpower. If you ask me, you know, like mm -hmm. being able to fully just surrender all of, all of like the sensations around you and just give that up and just be. Um, and like, that's why I always say it's not that deep. <laughs> like it is, but it's not, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's, like, Ooh. Yeah. that means. Connecting with God through meditation. Well, you would think that would come up on a spiritual yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nat is now hosting the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not like, a show now. No, it's, it's, something, it's something I like to talk about, and I kind of talked a little bit about it earlier. So if you don't mind. Yes, I, I do not mind, okay. and I don't think our viewers do either. Right. So please, awesome. the floor so, is yours. I was just, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, coming into these rooms, how the word God made me cringe. Like, I, I grew up, for additional context, grew up in a very religious family, uh, and I grew up with a God who was not accepting, not forgiving, very shameful, vengeful, something you were supposed to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a family that, mm -hmm. and like in, in a church that did not, it, what was preached wasn't practice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I, I grew up... <clears throat> feeling very out of place, like I never belonged, like I was inherently wrong for being who I am. And, and like I was, you know, I was born a sinner. I was always going to be mm -hmm. a sinner. I was, I was inherently wrong. Um, and I just, that's just the, even though, again, that wasn't what was being preached. That's the feelings that I had towards, towards the church, towards God, towards all of it. And so, especially in my addiction, I ran 180, you know, 180 the other direction, um, completely away from God, completely away from all of the faith that I grew up with. And so coming back, coming, well, into the rooms for the first time, because um, this is my first time, um, I, again, the word God made me cringe, but that's the beautiful thing about this program is it's a higher power of your own understanding. Mm -hmm. And it's something, my sponsor and I spent a lot of time on step two, uh, which is came to believe that a power uh, greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. I think I said that correctly. Yes, you did. <laughs> Spot um, on. <laughs> uh, and, um, and she gave me this, uh, it's called a mega God worksheet. And essentially it is, identifying the attributes of your higher power and through doing that worksheet I have come to know and I, I came I initially came to believe in step two that a power higher power greater than myself has these attributes and it was very slow my prayers initially um, per the direction of my sponsor were just please help me thank you amen mm -hmm. that's all I could say because I didn't still I still was learning to believe and learning to figure out what I was actually talking to, you know, and like all these things. And that has developed um, into this beautiful relationship today, um, you know, where I do, I pray um, and I meditate to listen. And it is something that I've realized after trying so hard to figure out what I believe in, that it's okay that I'm never going to fully understand God. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's, we're human. And like the, it's, I truly believe it's not possible for any human to fully grasp who God is. Right. That's, you know, that's my personal belief. And so, but the beautiful thing about it is that we don't have to understand to believe, you know, that's where faith comes in. That's what, 
that's what it's all about, and that's what I've that's what I've learned. Um, Eric's still dealing with the hot box of the room. <laughs> this, <laughs> can, this, this cannot be in every episode. Thank you. I but it's it's just this this program truly has changed my life and I've been able to go to church with my family and not be afraid of being struck by lightning mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and like I've been able to to walk into a church and actually you know the book talks about um, learning from religious leaders and taking what they have to offer um, learning from them and leaving the rest whatever doesn't serve us and there's so much beauty to that because we can learn so much from from religious leaders even though the program is not a religious one i personally don't identify as religious but i'm very spiritual Mm -hmm. and that's the whole point of this program that's the idea of the program and i think that's one of the most beautiful things about this program uh is that that belief in a higher power can be so simple but that relationship is so powerful Mm -hmm. so i 1000% agree i can 1000% resonate with the religious trauma. And I, excuse me, I'm dying now too. Um, (laughs) uh, I I think a lot of people who grew up in the church and are now in the program have a lot of resentments towards the church. Um, Personally, I was taught to feel dirty, you know, being a woman and I like growing, like growing up, like just being told that like everything I did made me a sinner. Um, and like, I, I'm a queer woman, so, you know, I was essentially punished for that by the church, you know, so those resentments were there and, you know, we got them out, you know, (laughs) step four, let's get it. Um, (laughs) but I, I have found myself walking into church spaces and also feeling like I'm not going to get struck by lightning or like. You know, I'm going to just fall into the fiery depths of hell for being who I am as an individual. And, um, gosh, I just, I, I'm just so grateful that I have the connection with my, with my higher power that I do. And that's, is one of the most amazing things about this program is that it is a higher power of your own choosing. And I like to take away a lot of the moral aspects and a lot of the spiritual aspects from different religions, like Buddhism, Christianity, you know, all of them all have very great, you know, moral undertones, but I think a lot of people look at it as black or white, um, and no gray area in between. So, um, I will follow the God of my choosing and, you know, I love this program and this fellowship so much because that is so respected, you know? Yeah. And that is another thing that my relationship with my higher power has also allowed me the ability to now really respect my family's faith, mm-hmm. you know, even though it it wasn't for me and it caused me harm in a sense. Um, like I was at a, a fit, my, my grandpa's one of 10 kids, so I have a big extended family. And I was at a family reunion, um, I think it was, it was just last month or the month before, and we, you know, the family, again, like my, my family's, roots are Mennonite, which is very traditional, like the actual, like actual Mennonites can be very close to Amish. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's very, they can be very traditional. So that's what my family's roots are. And so my family is very, very religious, very traditional. Like we sing hymns together and everything. But at this reunion, I was able to sing with them 
and like truly admire their faith because I have my faith and I know how much it means mm -hmm. to me. And I can look at anyone's <clears throat> faith, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, mm -hmm. I absolutely respect it and I can admire it because mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Like, yeah. and, and again, like you said, one of the beautiful things about the program, it's like my higher power can be completely different from yours, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't matter. Um, my, my, someone that I very much admire, um, has 45 years sober in this program and he uses the word God as an acronym for group of drugs. And that's his <laughs> higher power is a fellowship, you know? Yeah. And so that is obviously looks a lot different than my higher power, but it serves the same purpose. It's just believing in something greater than ourselves mm -hmm. and having that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that mutual respect for sure. Um, and I tell people this going into any new experience, not even just like jumping into the steps or jumping into meditation or jumping into whatever is new or scary, but take what resonates with you and leave the rest. And, you know, if a couple things don't sit right with you, sit with it, you know, and wonder why it doesn't sit right with you. Or call your sponsor. Or, you know, <laughs> and then she, there, she gonna tell you to pray, you know, I'm so sick of being told to pray. That's, that's, that's so good. And like, guys, <laughs> there's two things I want to say. One, that's like so great. And I think a lot of what Nat was touching on, it's described to us in the literature that it, there's the fundamental idea of God in every man and woman, right? And like that whole concept is like, we have to come to terms with like, we're not the apex of consciousness, right? right. And there's clearly a guiding force, no, no matter like what like faith you follow or whatever you decide to like associate mm -hmm. with that. There is something that's bigger than just us as humans. Mm -hmm. And like just being connected with that and living in a way that's like cohesive with that and everybody else is such a big part of like what we're doing here, which is just a spiritual design of living. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of ties into like the 12 steps could be applied to any difficult situation mm -hmm. that you're going with, because really it just comes down to acknowledging your part in things, clearing that wreckage from the past and then living in a way that promptly addresses when you do mess up so you don't have to go through that whole process again. Um, and then second thing is I totally remembered what I was going to do. I, I, I had this like reading that I wanted to read and then I, I think I lost the book when we were fanning out the room. But this, this is a great chance. We are going to cut away to a quick message from our sponsor, Plugged In Recovery. And then when we come back, I'll have that reading and uh, we can kind of go from there. Hey guys, the Is It Odd or Is It God pod is brought to you exclusively by Plugged In Recovery. If you or somebody you love are struggling with alcoholism or drug addiction and you're looking for a safe and structured environment to help get your life back on track, look no further than www.azsober.com. All of the houses in the Plugged In Network are outfitted with new and modern furniture, including memory foam beds and TVs in every room. They want to provide a safe and comfortable environment for you to regain your life and get back on track. Also, all the houses in the Plugged In Network are licensed through the DHS and ASRA certified, as well as all the house managers are CPR and Narcan trained to provide the safest environment possible for you to get your life back on track. So if you would like to have some more information or to reserve a bed today, call Wade at 612-505-5494 or visit www.azsober.com. 
Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to Plugged In Recovery. We appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying before we cut away to that commercial, um, we I, I have a reading, right, from uh, a, a piece of literature that we use in some different 12-step programs. And I just wanted to read this little excerpt that's like very um, – when I was going through this with my sponsor and let him know like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start like really making this a part of my daily life. Um, I, uh, my, my sponsor like directed me to reading through this passage and th this piece of literature. And it's, it's something that I go back to quite a bit because, um, it, I think it perfectly sums up what we're doing. Right. And it says, you know, we will want the good that is in us all, even in the worst of us to flower and grow. Most certainly we shall need bracing air and abundance of food, but first all we shall need is sunlight. Nothing much can grow in the dark. Meditation is our step out into the sun. How then shall we meditate, right? And then it goes on to just talk about incorporating meditation into our lives. But I think for me, it really just opened my eyes to like the whole concept of, yeah, I'm sober, right? Like I no longer like drink and smoke meth, but like that doesn't make me a good person, yeah. right? And I think I blurred that line for the longest time. I, I went to treatment a couple of times and it took me, you know, years to kind of start figuring this stuff out. But in the past, I, I associated just sobriety with like being a good person. Mm -hmm. and, and they're not the same things. And I know what it looks like to live an unfulfilling life sober mm -hmm. and like if I'm going to live that way, my thought process says, well, then I might as well just be loaded. Right. And so it really started understanding like that concept of like, I'm not running away from drugs and alcohol. I'm actually just growing spiritually. And that's no longer a part of my journey. Um, and like that's resonated with me where it's like, that is the step out into the light. You're like, obviously we need things as humans, as far as just like romantically, like food, water, all of these things. But it's like that, that, like metaphorical like sunlight right that spirituality in our lives that's where it all begins and when it comes to just growing as like better people and living more whole lives um so i wanted to like read that and then just see you know what your guys's like experience or thoughts were on that yeah. i'm gonna put down this <laughs> these are not real by the way these are led candles fire so. hazard free yeah um. Now that the stage is gone. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's a beautiful thing to watch someone go from spiritual malady to spirituality and mm. kind of have that spiritual awakening because I remember mine was so intense and, and crazy. And I remember people talking about theirs and I'm like, yeah, cool, God exists. I've been known that. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I have to take a little breather from that whole religion thing. But um, what... Gosh, I had to write it down because, you know, that ADHD kick in. Um, I think there's a blurred line between God's will and my will sometimes. Um, and that brings me to, like, the third step, which is the after scenario. Um, you know, I have to start living more on life on life's terms, right? And I think meditation and spirituality ties in with that. Um, because I'm like, you know, I'll make excuses for things. I'm like, oh, well, it's God's will that I like was 45 minutes late to work because I was careless or like, it's God's will that I like, you know, should put cocaine up my nose right now. You know, like that's, that's not, that's, we have to recognize that, that difference there. Um, and I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge this podcast as a whole, to be honest, because exposure does eliminate a lot of the stigma behind addiction, behind mm -hmm 
mental illness, a lot of topics that we covered today. And I'm just really grateful to be a part of it. So thank no, you. Thanks for stopping by. Happy to have you. Yeah, and I, um, I love, I love what you read. I love the idea of, and I don't think I've read, if I've read it, it I didn't remember it. So right. I, I've read most of that book, so I'm pretty sure I have read it at some point, but nonetheless, um, I love the idea of viewing like spirituality and meditation and like just it encompassing like being in the sunlight. Like that's such a beautiful thing to envision. And, and Lauren brought up like spiritual experiences, right? And I, for me, the thing that sticks out to me is one of the most poignant spiritual experiences of my sobriety so far is I woke up one day and I realized that I was happy to be alive. Mm -hmm. And for, and for just some context, like I, I have many times in my addiction and prior to throughout my life have tried to kill myself. I've had many suicide attempts, very free, had very frequent suicidal ideation something that I struggled with most of my life, even if just passively and even into early sobriety, that was definitely still there. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was, I was a few months into my sobriety waking up and realizing like, holy shit, I am happy to be alive today. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to die. And I attribute so much of that to this, this practice and this program and just being able to like, I, I again, I love that envisioning being in the sunlight, yeah. you know, it's such a beautiful way to envision this whole thing and just spirituality in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, I don't really know where to go from here. Carlos, <laughs> uh, do we have any other like notes or uh, talking points that we had for the podcast today? Where, do you guys have anything you want to talk about? Um, discussion wise i think we covered quite a bit but i think maybe we could lead out with maybe like a like a you know maybe a body scan or like a breath work you guys you guys want you guys want to do a quick body scan or are we done sorry do we we want to cut in here i don't know is there more that you wanted to talk about yeah i wasn't sure no not really i mean what what do we have I mean, like, biggest yeah. God shot you've had so far in sobriety. Oh, oh yeah, that is one. That is one. Okay, okay, okay. Um, cool, so we'll just cut that out. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just, like, cut it from when I asked Carlos, and then I'll just do it back. Um, okay, so, yeah, the, uh, a talking point that, um, that we had on the notes was, and this is something that I think we can kind of wrap up the episode with, but I just wanted to hear from each one of your perspectives, like, What's the big, like in the program, we call them God shots, right? And they're just, they're just moments that, that moments, not moments. <laughs> We're just making up words now, but no, there are moments that like, there has been so many points in my life before working this program that like they were so, so-called God shots, but I just contributed to them to like coincidences or just like whatever. Right. And then growing spiritually I, I now attribute them to like my, my higher power my god like working through people and situations in my life so i'm just curious to see like what are like the biggest like uh moments that you've had so far in your sobriety that like you attribute to like a god shot um that's a great question um I feel like in my sobriety there has been so many moments that have stood out and i've been able to I think that's part of the beauty that comes with sobriety and this practice is being able to be aware of when those things are happening. 
Um, but the question for me brought up, like you had mentioned, like looking back on your life now, being able to see your higher powers hand in your life and mm -hmm. how you got here. And there's a couple of things that really stick out for me as far as that goes. Um, the, the first one is, is meeting my sponsor. Mm -hmm. So I met my sponsor years before I was ready to get clean. Mm -hmm. And, um, the I met her through um, my best friend's dad, who is the person I had mentioned earlier, 45 years sober. Um, I out of one night, I was just I was really struggling and I called him and just kind of filled him in on like what I was doing and where I was at. And he sent me this woman's information and it was like, just go get coffee with her. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first time her name is Ashley. She's absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, the first time I met her. We, we met for coffee. I think I had been up for two days on a cocaine binge. Um, I was working overnights at the time. Like I was just a complete disaster, but I was not ready to admit that I was a disaster. Mm -hmm. um, so I met her for coffee. We exchanged information and she did not push me to get clean. And that was one of the most beautiful things of that meeting and something that I have learned and how she handled me essentially uh, is that you truly cannot, you can't make people want to get better and want mm. to get sober. Mm. It has to be a decision that they make on their own. So she would check in, um, you know, periodically. And finally, um, one day I called her and I was like, I'm going to rehab. <laughs> like this was a, a long time later, but just that, that her being in my life. And then when I was in PHP, I had to get a sponsor and so I had lunch with her and she offered to be my sponsor. And like, I never would have imagined when I first met her that she was put in my life for a reason. But looking back now, it's like she, she's taken me through the steps. She's still my sponsor today. She is, a, she, she has 10 years um, and she is just incredible. She talks about sobriety. She calls it her superpower mm. and she is so passionate about it and it has, completely changed just from that. So a got shot in a couple different ways, primarily her just being in my life, mm -hmm. like in a way that I never could have envisioned, but my higher power put her there for a reason. I called my, I call him dad, my best friend's dad, but I call him dad, called, called dad that night uh, for a reason. Like he knew my higher power knew the, the sequence of all these events and how they were going to play out. Um, so not only that, but just how much I learned from how she handled me during that time, mm -hmm. you know, that we truly, as much as we love someone and want to see them get better, it has to be on their own time. And that's one of the most difficult things I feel like it is to learn, especially as we see people come in and out of the rooms, you know, especially as we have loved ones, people that we used with that are still out there. Mm -hmm. We know, we have to know, we have to accept that it has to be on their own time. Right. Um, and so that's, the, that's the biggest one that stands out for me. Um, my, the, the other one just, it's primarily people that have been put in my life. Like even looking far back as when I met my best friend almost 17 years ago, I never would have guessed that her dad would be my dad and play right. such an important role in my life. And he's the first context, like introduction I had to this program. And I don't know that I would be in this program if he wasn't in this program. So it's like just, again, the sequence of events, being able to look back and be like, holy shit, like that could not have happened unless my higher power like yeah. had some say in mm -hmm. like 
you know, the sequence of events. Um, and I, you know, I love the word, the term God shots. We hear it a lot, we <laughs> say it a lot. Um, but I, I see them so frequently. Um, even at work, I'm part of uh, um, an employee network. I'm a leader for our LGBTQ plus employee network at work. I work for a big corporation. And in that context, I have had the opportunity to share my story, um, not only for how I fit into that community, but about my sobriety. And I have had people who I've met sober people at work that I never would have known were sober unless I shared my story. I've met people struggling who I've been able to help that I never, that never would have reached out had I not shared my story and that part of my story. So even being able, being in the position that I'm in at work, being able to share my story in that way, being able to impact people's lives in that way, it's, it's a total God thing. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. I think that's one of the, the cool things um, about meditation for me is it also allows a, a space for reflection um, and just being able to like be present and realize all of these things, like how much I can now attribute to my higher higher power impacting my life on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I love that so much because it's like, it's so true, right? Where it's like, what you were talking about is that idea of attraction rather than promotion. And I feel like um, for so many of us, we, we get a glimpse of what living in like recovery looks like and, and gaining that um, in our lives. And we want to just like save everybody, right? Yeah. But what we need to realize is that the effectiveness of this program comes from us working on ourselves and living lives that others would want, right? And then when they do decide that it's time to get help, they know where to go and they because they would want what you have. Right. And then being able to maintain your own spiritual connection in your own program is the only way that you can consistently be there for somebody for when that time comes for them. And I think that's and I think that's just a great thing. And then also um, you just touched on like, you know, I think in the literature it says there are no mistakes on God's green earth. And I, I've had a very similar situation where I looked back and I could see how God perfectly orchestrated my life mm -hmm. to like lead me up to this point and everything that I thought were like my largest failures or some really strong points that I have in order to like help other other people yes. um, and it's just it, it's something that you only can connect the dots looking backwards mm -hmm. um, but now I just have faith that the dots will be connected you know rather than just like wandering around but yeah. that that was that was great thanks thank you uh, thank you that I literally teared up because I feel like god that was crazy um you're you talking about how people need to accept that themselves was a God shot in itself. I needed to hear that right now in this moment, like, um, get a little, a little vulnerable here, but someone very close to me, um, has been in and out of, you know, treatment centers, jail, prison, you know, um, halfway houses, all of the above, um, running and gunning for a long time. Um, and you know, was in an accident and almost was killed. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to fix people sometimes. Like, I want that control, but then we go back to what? Step three, right? Um, and it's all in his hands. I know it is, but it's just like I needed to hear that. So that's so funny that we're talking about God shots. But um, my personal God shot um, that kind of, like, really took me away was when the people who told me, who kind of had an intervention for me, started sending people who needed help my way. 
Because when I got sober, it was over a plate of cocaine. Like, I'm not, like, like I was invited over to this party, and they're like, hey, come through. I was like, you just want me for my drugs. F you, mama. You know, and they're like, no, we really want you to be here. So I uh, roll up, and, you know, I act like I don't have a bag on me. I always had a bag on me, right? Um, and once they ran out of their stash, I dumped mine on out. I was like, surprise, mama. F was like, I'm here. Um, and... One of my closest friends, boyfriends, uh, um, literally like did some of the drugs and looked me dead in the eye. I was like, Lauren, I think you have a problem. <laughs> and I still find that humorous to this day because he did go through recovery. I'm not going to speak on anyone else's, you know, behalf or anything, but um, he knew what that desperation looked like and he could see it in my eyes, you know, mm -hmm. whether he was able to do it recreationally at that time and still is able to, that's on him and that's great for him you know I'm glad he was able to discover that for himself but they sent me the name of this guy who was like down on his fucking knees he's like I need help and they sent him my way the person who they drove to rehab all zanned out and I was like can you play Amy Winehouse's rehab like in the backseat being so annoying not Amy Winehouse always Amy Winehouse always Amy Winehouse are you kidding me Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Um, and sometimes I go out. Yeah. The theater kids coming out. Um, but no, and another God shot for me, I have to say, um, is realizing I could be a fun social human being not using. Because I thought that was what gave me the confidence to be who I am and the individual that I am. But I walk into you know, meeting halls now with all the energy and like, you know, like all the vibes and like the same person that I was before minus, you know, the spirituality and the, the hurt that I was carrying with me and that desperation that I was carrying on my shoulders every day. I can walk into a room without that and make, still make people smile and happy and laugh. And that is ultimately my goal is to change someone's day in a positive way every single day. So whether that's like, if you're getting, you're going through the drive-thru one, you're having a shitty day. You just want to be like, oh, everyone tell that barista her eyes are pretty, you know, like just little things like that will help you in the long run. You know, it's a, it's, it, we're all here together on this earth. And I think we need to acknowledge that a little bit more often. And now I'm just on a tangent. So <laughs> no, Lauren and I were, we were talking about that on the, on the way here, like how I had the same belief going into rehab that I did not think I could be social mm -hmm. and be a functional human without substances. Like it was a core belief. Like mm -hmm. since I was very young, alcohol has been, you know, they call it liquid courage. Like it's, <laughs> it's been the, the only way that I've been able to talk with people because I struggled with so much with social anxiety and all of those things. And I, I think that's a really great point uh, is that that's, it's something that we learn. Like we were talking about, you kind of have to relearn how to be a human, you know, <laughs> in sobriety. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's love that then guys this has been such a fun episode um thank you both so much for for stopping by um this is uh this has just been i think we have so many different things that we can just really put out there on our tiktok account or instagram um we we covered a lot of bases today and, and i just thank you guys both for your vulnerability um your transparency it does help a lot of our viewers and listeners out who maybe struggling silently with a lot of these things and just finding that commonality um, and, and knowing that, you know, 
it's it's not abnormal, um, especially in the recovery community, and that um, there are resources out there for help. So um, I appreciate it. And as we kind of wrap up, I did want to just touch on again. Um, we have the fundraiser, uh, August 26th, uh, River Source IOP building on Guadalupe and Country Club. And um, if you want some more information, I'll have a link to that uh, at the bottom of the screen and we'll put that up and that's on our Facebook page as well. Um, again, quick thank you to our sponsor, Plugged In Recovery. Um, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so well, uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace out. Ha, <laughs>